Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. At least, at least we hit recording. We did hit record, and we just hit it again. But we figured that out. We figured out the audio issue five minutes in, not forty-five minutes in. So we'll start over there with Happy Wednesday, sir. Even though it's not a happy Wednesday for you, because you've yeah. had a long day at work. I'm so over this day. Yeah. Happy. We'll get through this. Game. I know. We'll get through this as quick as possible since it's what ten forty-seven on a Wednesday night, and this will be posted. Thursday morning. Yay. So happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. You got a nice shiny jersey there behind you. A shiny new one. Yeah. I uh, did a little bit of rearranging. Needed to move some stuff. Uh, the new motto this year is uh, only sign jerseys behind me. So. Only sign- wow. You are so. I know. Extra. <laughs> some of them are going to be coming down. So. Uh, oh. Wait, got the ammo jersey Saturday, went and saw him Monday. Super cool dude. Super, super cool. Uh, he saw us both walk in to Pepino's and he was like, I could see his face. He was just like, Oh, those guys are cool. Like <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but he was just like, That's cool. So he, he saw said, the double flint jerseys and he was excited. He was like, I was gonna come over there. We're like, we know. We were here <laughs> for you, ammo. Like, whatever you need, we got you. Um, uh, but can you sign all our stuff real quick? And he did. No questions asked. Uh, he even re-signed my jersey since the first one looked terrible, you said. Yeah, he used a Sharpie that was uh, starting to die already. And he's like, it's not showing up. And I was like, luckily I had an extra silver one on me. I was like, here you go, try this. And he was really good at tracing over his own signature and made it look good for you. No, super nice, genuine, humble kid, man. Like, he's going to be special. Just his character tells me enough right there that he's going to be a special player. It'll take time, but we'll see something special out of him someday. I mean, we heard all of this from people at Flint. Like they are obsessed with him and he's obsessed with them as well. And so, I mean, it did catch me on surprise that he was as nice as he was and down to earth. And he even, he even came back around and chatted with us for a little bit longer. So, which I really appreciated. It was good. Like, for ammo, Carter didn't say anything to us while we were in line until you asked him. He, a ta- he talked with me a couple times for a little bit. Yeah, I asked him a few questions. We chatted. He's a cool dude. Uh, you could tell that they're roommates because they were. You couldn't separate them. Yeah, but I felt, no, I mean, I felt bad because I didn't say anything to Carter. I was just like, I'm here for ammo. Like, <laughs> sorry, Carter. <laughs> no, my ass. Cool, but next year, <laughs> I asked Carter how he was doing. I talked to him a second. I said, Hey, because we asked Amadeus about like. Because he was like, do I want me to sign it on the numbers? And you were like, as long as you don't change it. He's like, I don't plan on it. And then he real quickly realized, he's like, oh, Debrinket's 93 in Detroit. So if I ever end up there, I, I got to change it. And then I looked at Carter and I was like, 
what's your number in Detroit going to be? Because I, I eventually I want a Carter Mays or Red Wings jersey. It's, it's a thing. And he, he confirmed 43. Confirmed he's going to take Darren Helm's number. He'll be the second best 43 in NHL for Detroit Red Wing history. Or the first. Who knows? Probably the second. Nobody's going to be Darren Helm. Stanley Cup winner. Jesus. What? Uh, nothing. <laughs> uh, but tip of grip overall. Cool event. Fun. We'll do again next year for sure. It's oh, a yeah. cool event for a good cause. They do it really well. We were able to get to two different events. That was fun. Um, I wish yeah. we could have got to the third, but they needed one. We needed one more hour. One more hour, we would have been able to get to all three. Well, the three fact, out of the four. The fact that guys even did this event after that back-to-back-to-back. Um, I guess Dan Watson did not make them practice on Monday, which was nice of him. Um, but the fact that the boys even came out and did that, and most of them had energy. Like they actually showed energy was impressive. Like I asked Elmer, I was like, you've got to be just absolutely exhausted right now. And he just nodded his head. He's like, that was an extremely tough schedule and a lot of travel, little, little sleep. Like you could, you could tell he was ready to just go back home and go to bed. Like, yeah, I felt bad for the kid, but he is just about as awkward as us in person. (laughs) It's, It's pretty funny. I, I wasn't there for the puck signing. Were you there? I wasn't there for the puck signing. Oh, no. They went and found him for that. But then he ended up coming back over to the table with Dog uh, yeah. a little bit. And Brad was trying to, like, bust the table and clean it. And Elmer just kind of grabbed a menu and stacked it and put it back where it was. Just like, I'm helping, but I'm really not. You know, <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. I did reconnect with you, so I didn't know what Dog said with you guys, or if you talked to him or got a chance at all. He was actually like trying to be like a server, like he was doing the thing. So <laughs> good for him. He's oh so yeah, nice. fun event that the Griffins put on. Ten out of ten would recommend uh, next year for anyone listening. So with that though, we are the Hockey Town West podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon, and I'm Nick. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, Griffins, here. There was a game tonight. We have some games coming up. The schedule gets a little lighter for us as we get closer to the Christmas break here, which is nice. But the Griffins did play a game against the Texas Stars at home this evening. Part of Winning Wednesday. It wasn't really a Winning Wednesday, unfortunately. What happened? Because you got to go, and I got to sit at work. Yeah, I did get to go to this one. Uh, Wednesdays are usually just me, anyways. I did bring a did bring a buddy of mine with me, but uh, it the game went the game went the opposite of what the score sheet reflects. So I mean, the Griffins lost this one two nothing. They got shut out in this one. Uh, Remy Poirier started for the Stars. We played him before. He's a good goaltender. Uh, he played extremely well tonight. This was one of the most well defensively played games I've seen the Griffins play all season so far, which is exactly what they needed to come in come into this game and do against a Texas Stars team that is, you know, leading the league in goals scored and leading the division in points right now. It, I mean, they came out first at the end of the first period. Grand Rapids had nine shots. Texas had four. It was 0-0. Grand Rapids kept right with them and had more scoring chances than them. Defensively, they played extremely well, and it should be noted that the defensive pairings were shooken up tonight a little bit. McIsaac was scratched tonight. New Power was scratched tonight. And Vero was scratched tonight as Antituamisto found his way into the lineup finally after being called up from Toledo, and he was paired with William Volinder tonight. I love that pairing. It was fantastic in training camp. I want them. I want them to keep that pairing together. How did that pairing do tonight? 
I thought they did extremely well. I mean, again, on the score sheet, you look at them, no plus, no minus, so no mistakes on their end, no no offense generated on their end, unfortunately. Tuomisto did take an interference penalty in the game, which was a really soft uh, penalty. We'll get to officiating later. But overall, Tuomisto looked like he belonged there. He looked like he fit in perfectly. They balanced really well off each other. They knew exactly where each other was on the play. Like, I, I had no complaints of this pairing. And if that's our third pairing... Thumbs up. Like it that, should be our second. I was gonna say they easily could be our second pairing once once things settle down here. I mean, there's two guys in this team right now that got called up from Toledo that are showing me in two in one in two games that they don't deserve to be sent back to Toledo. It's just a fact. Um, that that's Tuomiso and Doucette. Well, I don't I don't think the plan for Tuomiso is to go down to Toledo. I think he only went down there for injury. But like, he I was think- injured, he was coming back, so just getting his legs under him. I think so too. I think you'll see probably Emil Vero end up being the casualty of that one. He probably sent back to Toledo, which is fine. He played his good chunk in Toledo last year uh, and played really, really well for them. And the fans down there love him. So that'll be really good for him if that's how this goes. But, I think you're right there. I, th- I think that is the person to, to get moved down. I, I Based on the play so far this year, I'd say so. Vero just hasn't looked like he's been able to keep up with the speed of this, the game so far this season. And I mean, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been outstanding either. Volander tonight and uh, Tuomisto together. I mean, great back check, really smart plays, good blocked shots. I saw Tuomisto probably block four shots tonight just on his own. I mean, the kid played extremely well. He looks like he belongs in this league. He knows how to use his size. He's quick and he's got a wicked shot, man. He does have a wicked shot. He got two shots on that. Yeah, he, he had a couple find their way through, and there were a couple of good scoring opportunities from the rebounds from those shots, too. I was very impressed with his play, seeing as he's only played, what, three games with Toledo since his injury? I mean, he had three goals with them in that time no, that time span, so I'm not surprised by it. But to see him come in here, he didn't, he didn't play Sunday. And playing tonight, you know, it, he looks what he looks good. He looks really good. So that's exciting. Hopefully, we I... see that coming forward because that, that's what we need on the defense. Like, because you're seeing Johansson and Edmondson play extremely well, obviously. And then we've commented on Didier and Rafferty have been so up and down, hot and cold. And Volanders has kind of been there and he has been paired with somebody who he's kind of cleaning up after. So we really haven't seen him showcase his skills too much because he's had to play stay at home defenseman. Yeah. Volanders think... not a stay at home defenseman. Oh, really? I, from, I mean, from his, looking, knowing his past and like before he ended up in Grand Rapids, yeah, I mean, he's an offensive defenseman. He can put the puck on net. He can shoot. He can pass. He shouldn't have to be the guy that's ready to jump back at the next second. He can, but he shouldn't. Have, we shouldn't be relying on that. And it just felt like he was always cleaning up from a Rafferty a Didier mistake. See, I always felt that like two O's of two O shoots. So. Like when he gets that puck on the blue line, he's looking to shoot first and then pass. It's so he like, has no him, fear in shooting that puck. No, not at all, which I love. And I'm so like, I don't really remember Volander's like uh, play in Sweden. So I'm like trying to remember like how did he play? I'll I'll have to go back to look at some clips uh, to figure it out. But with him and two, I'm like that's two offensive people on one line, but they play well off of each other. I think Volander is just trying to figure out his game here on North America where two has already played here. 
he played college uh, for Denver. So he's used to the ice. He's used to it. It's going to take him not as long to get up to speed. And Volinder, I think it's more like Albert Johansson last year, where he's just kind of, he's there, he's quiet, he's making the, the right plays, and he's not going to be flashy like Simon, like six goals. I think that's what he's yeah. doing now, six, five or six. Yeah, yep. And I mean... Which is good. Yeah, like, Volinder, yeah. just find your, find your game. I mean, if it shakes out like again, again, we don't we don't know what the time frame and how long we have Edmonton for, right? Like it's it's it's, it's the storyline of the Red Wings right now. Everyone wants them. We don't want to give them up. We we want everything to be patient and things will work out the way they're going to work out. I know you're going to have something to say about that eventually as we continue on here, but if for right now we're we're holding on to Edmonton, I mean, a top four defensive pairing of Edmonton, Johansson, Volander, and Tuomisto instantly turns. It my impression of our Grand Rapids defense around like yeah that's oh, yeah. one thing we've lacked on this season was defense and the people we had to work with were slowly figuring things out but for these kids to come in here and I mean the Texas Stars average over four goals a game this season and they held them to two and one of those was an empty netter so they held them to one tonight on 26 shots on goal oh like, I didn't realize it was empty net it that wasn't empty so, netter, yeah. That guy's so bad. We need to trade him. He does. He gives up a no. Empty net needs to go. But He's... yeah, for a team that's over four goals a game, being held to one on this first game of this four game set against these Texas Stars, I suddenly feel a lot better about everything. Because let's be real, the goal that got past Hutchinson tonight trickled past him. It was these. It was one he wants back. If he closes his legs, that goal doesn't happen. I know. Don't wink at me. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> if if that happens, this game we're talking we're talking a zero zero game going into overtime. Like the Griffins played a very good defensive game tonight, and I'm going to credit a lot of that to back end stability stability on this one. I mean, Rat, you had Ratfordy and um, Did he? Johansson together. And then Edmondson and Didier together tonight. So that's a weird. Each each defensive pairing had a top end defensive prospect for the Detroit Red Wings on it tonight, and things balanced out really well. No offense to Vero, we think he's going to end up in Toledo when things shake out. Based on this first game, I mean, who knows? It's one game, and Jared can rotate in and bring you about the same skill that Rafferty or Didier is going to bring to the table. It's nothing bad. No, no worse, no better. Right. And right. new, new power when he's paired with Simon Edmondson can, he's a great defenseman at that point. So I mean, Dan Watson's got options here, but at the same time, if two Misto comes in and pairs with Volander and they play the Texas stars four games in a row, and we hold them to under their goals per game average in every game, you don't change a thing yeah. after these games. Yeah, don't change that again. Oh, well, just one game, but I—I I mean, I didn't—I didn't realize the def- the other defensive pairings. So it, uh, I didn't realize the other defensive pairings that were out there. So I thought that it was going to be Albert and Simon, and then Tuo and Volander, and then you just had Brogan and Didier as as the second line. So I, I would like to see that lineup going out there with Simon and Albert, and then Tuo and. Yeah, but I, I like splitting up 
Edmondson and Johansson at this point, because at the same time, if, if Edmondson's going to be gone at some point, Johansson needs to be well in tuned with somebody else, whether that's Volander or not, who knows? That, but, that would work. I'd like that right. too. At the same time, spreading out the talent throughout the defensive core there <clears throat> is a better option to me than just stacking it. And, I mean, if you peel it back and we can see ice time, I would say the third pairing got more ice time than the second pairing tonight. I mean, that's enough, uh, you know, given to Amisto and falling to the spotlight here. I mentioned another guy in there, and that was uh, Doucette. Alexander yeah. Doucette, man. How did the worst second, second game in as a Griffin, right? Again, no, nothing high on the stat sheet besides a shot on goal. No plus, no minus, no assists, no goals. Paired with Shine and Les Perrantz, which is who he was paired with on Sunday uh, in Toronto. And what I've learned about Doucette as he settled in and watching him play in person, this is the second time I've seen him play in person. I've seen him play with the walleye, and I've seen him play with the Griffins now. Once the kid commits to a play, there's no looking back. He has zero fear to bail out of that play. His forechecking is really good. He gets in the dirty zones, and he's not afraid to shoot the puck from anywhere. Like he had some sharp angle shots tonight that were close to below the red line. You know, some other close in in the slot shots tonight. Even fired it from the point at one point tonight. But his forecheck, getting in, stick lifting, causing trouble behind the net, getting turnovers. That's the offensive defensive side that we need right now. Being able to go in there and generate those chances like that. I mean, there's two I can think of right in my head that happened right in front of me where he gets in there behind the net and he stick lifts and gets the puck and he gets it back into the slot. It's just the sticks weren't on the ground in the slot to receive it. And that's what nope. sucked. No chemistry. But no, you know, and again, it's time. It Doucette's played two games, so it's going to take some time. But if he's going to play like this every single game, it's only a matter of time until he finds the back of the net or gets on the score sheet, first of all. Second of all, if he's playing this well, you don't send him to Toledo. Sorry, you, you don't. Well, they're not going to have to. Hopefully not. But there's, I don't, I don't know, man. He was right up there with, he, he caught up to the skill level I've seen from Amadeus and Marco Casper this season already. He oh, was snap. keeping with he was keeping with that pace there. Oh snap! The kid is extremely talented for being a free agent signee for the Red Wings out of the queue. Yeah. Like this is this is something to pay attention to. He's going to be one to watch over these few games that he's here. I really hope in these scenarios that we're not seeing him sacrificed for a Zach Aston Reese coming back and fitting in the lineup. Sorry, I know Aston Reese has been playing really well lately. But Doucette needs time. Who do you send down outside of him? I I don't know. I well, couldn't tell you right now. That's why I don't think that there's somebody that's going to send down. They're going to trade Berger this week, so they'll open up a spot. Oh, my God. I'm not entertaining trading Berger. If your five-minute rant you want to do is trading Berger, I'm not entertaining it. We don't talk about trading Berger on this podcast. I, I don't want to trade him, but I just okay. based off of reports. One report from a nobody. Uh, he's got some credentials. And I heard it again on uh, the grind line that they actually had supporting evidence that they were looking into trades and it was to Montreal. Okay, so the guy that broke the Bergie trade news has broken zero stories in his writing career in the NHL. I just want to point that out there real quick. Okay. Zero. He has zero 
leads coming from the team that is the tightest lipped when they talk about anything happening. They said there's multiple teams that were engaged. Sure. Hey, everybody's sure, gotta, teams want them. Everybody's got to start somewhere, Brandon. Don't don't. I understand that. Don't punch but I'm not taking it guy. from. I'm not taking it from this guy that took Bergie getting scratched on Sunday in preparedness to be called up Monday. Yeah. As they're gonna trade him. Shut as up. The, as My the God. other two guys got scratched too, Zach Aston Reese and Austin Zarnick. Austin Zarnick and Zach Aston Reese both played Monday night in Dallas. Right, they got scratched for Sunday's Griffins game. Austin Zarnick. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yep, yep. It's the okay. same time as Bergie did. Yep, exactly. That's why the story holds yeah. no ground. I get that. Yeah, I get, now that we're I, off. I get you. Now that we're off track. I'm. So, I'm. So, I know we're going to talk about it, but I'm so sick of people on Twitter this week. I'm so fucking sick of it. Anyways, let's finish talking about this game before we go into a rant, because I know this rant's going to get ugly. <laughs> I got riled up, guys. I've been riled up all night. Oh, okay, good. Officiating got me riled up again tonight. It all wasn't right, so, Grady Hamilton either. So officiating. Dude. I feel so bad for Marco Casper. <laughs> Marcus Casper. Marco. Marcus. Don't tell me the away feed called him Marcus. Yeah, that's where my my tweet came from. So now it's a whole bit for me as you had Mason, like Mason. Yeah. So Marcus oh. Casper, how did he do tonight? Marcus Casper played played really well tonight. But I finally have seen a penalty called in person that I've never seen before. Yeah, I see Delia gave face off violation, batting puck with hand is what it says. So Marco Casper wins this faceoff and goes down to swipe the puck back, right? People that are listening can't see my hand here. He's holding his stick with, you know, forehand like like this and other hand like this. And as he goes down, this hand is still wrapped around the stick. And then he moves the puck back with the shaft of his stick right where his hand is wrapped around the stick. And that was called batting the puck with your hand. Interesting. I'm gonna have to he look looked at just as confused as I looked when this was being called. This was the point where I pulled out my phone, went to the AHL TV app, clipped it, and zoomed in real close to see what was going on. And that's exactly what you can see. His glove touches the puck, but it is still wrapped around his stick. Does he have big hands? I don't... All hands are big in a hockey glove. There. There are so many jokes I could go with, but... Um, just... Yep. <laughs> Making sure you don't have that too much tonight. Uh, nope. Uh, so there, there was that. And I mean, I felt bad for him because that's where it was like, oh, that's where the like, that put the Griffins four on four with the Stars. And the Stars scored during that four on four. That's when they scored the goal that trickled in past Hutch. Oh. So and it's just another game where I feel like a stupid call really influenced things. Griffins had the power play at that point, And it was ruined by that. And there was multiple times tonight. I saw, I think it was, it was two of East, it was either two of Misto or Volander. It was Volander. Got slew footed behind the Griffin's net. No call. Yeah. Uh, Cross Hannes got taken down in a little spat, but way behind the play. Do I agree that they were going at it before this happened? Yes. But you got to take both at that point to settle these things down. But Cross gives the guy a shove, and the guy fully goes around and hooks and pulls Cross, like Cross out from underneath himself as he falls. It was violent. No call. The ref was watching it happen. 
And then there was a trip on Spezia that was missed. There was a trip on Shine that was missed. And I'm sure there was missed calls on our end towards Texas too. At the same time, like you gotta you gotta make a decision if you're the official. You're either gonna let them play or you're gonna scrutinize everything and control the game like that. You you've got to find which one you're gonna go with. There's not really an in between. You can't let everything go and then one minute decide I'm gonna call everything for the next five minutes. Like that's yeah. just not not how it works. It's not about but, balance. It, no, it's one no, of the other. One of the things in life that's not about balance. And there was only three penalties for each team. We and the, no, nobody scored on the power play, so our penalty kill is still doing fantastic. Great job, penalty kill. Yeah, Brian Lashoff's running a tight penalty kill there. They're still doing a really good job with that. Power I mean, the power play is still struggling. It's just a fact. Uh, but to answer to Marco Casper, I thought Marco Casper played an, another really good game tonight. Had a couple really good opportunities, good looks. Did struggle in the faceoff circle, as did Amadeus, as did Gettinger. All the centers struggled in the faceoff circle again tonight. Uh, that, as we have been pointed out, it's been pointed out that that's a struggle for this team. And now that someone pointed it out, I'm seeing it more and more. So that's a problem. But so like I think he played well. And another guy that I think played extremely well tonight, who has been on the upswing. Well, two of them, uh, Elmer Soderblom played really well tonight making a lot of really good plays a couple takeaways he had what four shots on goal tonight Let he was game. on the ice for one of the goals uh, i don't remember if it was the empty netter or not it was the empty netter so that's why he's a minus one so what are you gonna do like i i think he played a really good game and he continues to be on the upswing of figuring things out again this season which is a really positive thing to see I really like where his head's at with his game right now. Right now, I think we're only games away from seeing him break out this season, actually. Yeah. Which is I, a complete 180 from what we've talked about all season. I think, who are you talking about? We were talking to somebody, but they said, like, as soon as January 1st hit last year, oh, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, Travis out in Toledo. He said, Kosa, like, flipped the switch January 1st. And I kind of felt like that's what we got with Simon last year, too, is like January yep. 1st, something, something flipped and they started just crushing it. So I'm wondering if like we see that out of Casper, we see that out of Lombardi, we see that out of Mazer. I, like, Mazer's been so slow. And, and Cross, that's the other one. So I know they're both coming back from injury. So I don't know if that's what's affecting them because like Mazer had two shots. Cross didn't show up at all. On the on the score sheet on the stat sheet, oh. um, it, it, which is weird. It's Stevens. Stevens is an empty too. <laughs> I like that's normal. We we might have to start an award for the the player that has the most zero games, like zero stats. It, it I don't know. It's it's strange. It's weird. But I, like I like I said, I'm hoping January first they start clicking, and they start. Going out, I think Tuo having Tuo back tonight against a good Texas team, I think that did help. I don't know, like I said, I didn't get to watch it. That's a big change. We were also out. We didn't have Bergy. We didn't have Sarnik. We didn't have Zach Aston Reese. Uh, who else is still? That's it, right? <clears throat> Bergy, Zarnik, Aston Reese. Yeah. So the, without those three, we still held Texas. I'm going to take this as a one nothing game. Since the empty netter hit the other one. I mean, the last time we played Texas, it was like seven to four was one of the games. It was ugly. 
and the other game before that was a four to two game. So, I mean, that's a huge improvement from what we had before. Yeah, yeah I mean, four to two, guess... and then it was seven to four. So to leave yeah. them to one nothing, minus the empty net, without our top guys, in with two zero back, I think that's that's huge. It's yeah, shots, I mean, this were, was... shots were about the same too, or they were tied for the team. That's without our top guys, but at the same time, that's also the top line didn't like produce much tonight either. So it says a lot for the depth of the team to be showing up like this. Like I said, Elmer played really well. And another guy, like I said, there's one more guy to mention was Lesperance, you know, again, tonight, three shots on goal. He had a minus one, which was, you know, being on the ice for the empty netter again, but continues to go to the net. He's getting to those dirty areas where he knows he can score. And I, I think he's definitely on the upswing as well. I mean, going into going into Sunday's game, he was six goals in nine games. Uh, that's better than most on the team right now. So see, starting to see the depth guys go off. Like if the top guys come back and the depth guys are still going off, that's that's a positive. That's a huge yeah. positive. So, I mean, yes, it's a loss, and it's not the way you want to start off this four game stint with Texas. But at the same time, it was there was so many positives to pull from it. I can't be mad at tonight's result. It's disappointing that you know. You know, Casper had a turnover happen that he did not, he, he didn't turn it over. He had a turnover from Texas land right on his stick where he was able to walk in, but he roofed it as high as it possibly could go. And then he goes and stick lifts, turns it over and then puts it in front of the net, kicks it to himself and almost puts it in. And it still wouldn't go his way. Elmer had two that were close, close misses tonight. Lesperance had a couple that he roofed again tonight. It, it's these scoring opportunities that these guys are getting. They got to hit the net. And I know they're being deflected and tipped and blocked like shot blocking from other teams still seems to be a problem for Grand Rapids, but this game really just felt different, especially after what we watched this weekend. And, you know, they held, they kept their own with the Marlies on Sunday after two back-to-back games and, you know, six games in seven days or eight days, whatever it was like that things are changing. And if there is going to be a post, you know, post new year's upswing for a lot of these players, that puts us in a pretty good spot going forward since everything's still so tight in the division. So I don't know, man. It. I think these next three games are going to look a little different, and I think the Griffins are going to give the Texas Stars uh, a lot of trouble over these next couple of games. I really hope so because you got me. You got me pumped last episode. You're saying, "Oh, we got four. We're not that far from Texas. If we can win all four, we're right back there." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." I was I was drinking the juice, and then uh, then the next morning I woke up. And I'm like, "But what if we lose all four, Brandon?" Yeah, I mean, we're still we're still <laughs> only three points out of third and only one point out of fourth and fifth. Like nothing's really changed on that aspect besides Texas pulled away with their win tonight a little bit. But I mean we have 19 points and Milwaukee's in second place with 25. We're four points out of second place. Or yeah. Oh, sorry, six. that was bad math. Six points out of second place. Hey, that's, that's uh, eleven o'clock math. Yeah, it is. That's that's not <laughs> the worst spot to be in only 23 games into the season honestly with how things have gone this is this could be a lot worse we could only have five wins in the season and be the chicago wolves so yeah there's a lot more problems at the wolves than just the the play on the ice so a lot more problems sure everyone's seen it by now (laughs) but i mean final thoughts on just tonight's game overall griffin's played really well guys are doing good and if the rest of the guys can catch up to them like you know we said cross and those those guys in major like things 
will be on the upswing for sure. And the power play has just got to get figured out, man. It's something's got to break there. Yeah. Oh, this was my question. Did we? So you asked, you stated earlier that we just need to put pucks on nets and we're still seeing a lot of block shots, things like that. Did you see a lot of uh, shots that hit the post still or? I didn't hear the post go off once tonight. Um, it was just a lot of shots that went up and over, unfortunately. Which you know, a lot of a lot of shots that were tipped up or roofed by guys trying to do too much. But what I saw tonight, crisper passing and like on the power play, there was intent to set up good things there. The puck movement was good. They really good movement on the outside, trying to set up the right plays. They just couldn't couldn't lock it down. Any crazy turnovers in the in our defensive end? Not that I can think of for us. I just know the one that they had that landed right on Casper's stick. I mean, so things are things are getting better each week. I don't yeah, want to say mean, each game, but each week things have been getting better. We need to focus I mean, a little Texas bit more. Has, Texas has the best power play in the division at twenty three point three percent, and we held them to zero out of three tonight. And, I mean, their penalty kill is right there with us at 79.3%. We're at 80.5%. So, I don't know. Things felt a heck of a lot more even tonight than what the standings would indicate to you. So, hopeful. I'm, I, I'm happy with the result. I'm happier with a win, but holding them to one goal, I'm, I went into this thinking this, this game could go one of two ways. We could, we could win. Or we're gonna get blown out. I didn't I didn't see a happy medium of we held our own with them and kept them to only one goal as a result of this game. I honestly like I don't want to see a track meet, you know, where it's like seven to five. Like like last night's wings game, six to four. <laughs> like yeah. I don't I don't like those games. I know that's like that was a lot in Toledo, but like three one, four one. I that's kind of where I'm you know. That's yeah. what I'd like to see these. And two nothing, one nothing. I mean, obviously, I won it our way, but that's that's huge progress from what we say we saw against Texas at the beginning of the season. I'm interested now because we played three straight, three more straight against Texas, so four total. How does Dan Watson adjust, change, and adapt to be able to get? We need to get at least two wins out of this, and if those yes. two come on the road. I'm ha- well, obviously, I'd love to see them win Friday, but if they get those two on the road, that's huge, I feel. If we get yes. three, that's even better. I know we're going to lose one. It is what it is. But we need to get points. These next three games are important. I think this is going to speak a lot to the coaching and to the players. Because I, I don't think we see Bergie, Aston Reese, or Sarnik back this week. I think they we might, might see and Reese. Uh, he was he was, he was scratched last night for the Wings uh, in St. Louis, and it sounds like Confer is just day to day. So there's a really good chance we see Aston Reese back by Friday, if not by Tuesday. So that that's something. But I feel like he's a body at this point. Sorry. I mean, not lately. He's been playing really well as of late. So I I, th- I think you're right, though. This is going to be the tell for the coaching staff, especially on the adjustment side of things. I think this is going to be a big tell on Steph Julian. Like, how does he adjust his power play to get something going? That's question number one for all of us. So, 
don't know. Should be interesting. Griffin's back in action at Van Andel on Friday at seven against the same Texas team. The nice thing about this four game stint against Texas is there's not a single back to back until the Tuesday, Wednesday in Texas. Yeah. So we got tonight. We got a break tomorrow. We got Friday. We got a couple of days off and then Tuesday, Wednesday down there. That's so weird. As the schedule has been for this team lately, that is a godsend for them. Yeah, because then, then they're off for like a week. And they're off for the Christmas break, so yeah. Let's hopefully we're having a merry Christmas and and going that route there. But I don't know. I have nothing else to add to this game. I'm excited for Friday's game. I'm excited to get the cool cousin Griffey bobblehead. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a favorite in my collection. I have a feeling. So let's send it over to DraftKings and we'll come back and let Nick go on a rant. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. It's expired 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help bail for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 plus age raised by jurisdiction, Warren, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDK ng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms responsibly gaming resources NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks National Hockey League copyright NHL 23 all rights reserved alright sir so you told me today that you want five minutes to step on your soapbox and go on a rant today <laughs> it's and I'm going to allow you to do this so I'm going to sit back enjoy this long drink and uh, let you go so this that was a trick. It's it's gonna be longer than five minutes, but yeah. uh, I don't have anything like organized, so it's gonna probably go on a crazy weird tangent. But follow along. So you and I watched the Wings game last night. This is gonna t- and I, hopefully I can tie this all in beautifully at the end. So we watched the Wings game last night, and hockey Twitter, Red Wings Twitter, the biggest thing they gave it what four goals last night to so. St. Louis. So they ended six to four. They had the empty net. And everybody, everybody's pilot on one, Ben Chirot. Ben Chirot's actually played really well this season. Everybody's pilot on Petrie. Okay, whatever. Like, I, I don't know Petrie's <laughs> stats, whatever. You know, we're only here because he is, uh, was it Jeff Petrie's son, right? Dan Petrie. Dan Petrie's son. That's the only reason he's here, right? Bring back the Detroit guy. Cool. Whatever. I don't care, Steve. So everybody wants Simon Edmondson to pre up. And you and I have talked about it. I'm sure we've talked about it on the pod. Unless you edit those out. But he's down here for a reason. All right. He's down here to fine-tune his game. He played nine games in Detroit last year. He was one of the better defensemen on the team last year. Detroit knows what they have with this kid. He is tearing it up here. No doubt about it. He's tearing it up. Everybody wants him to come up. I don't think that they are going to bring him up to burn his ELC this year. And people are going to be pissed, but it is what it is. I do not think that they're going to bring him up. I think we talked about this as bringing up Albert for nine games. Could be an interesting situation. 
just to see what they have with him and if he could hold his own. Next year, Sherratt's deal is done. Is that right? So Sherratt, we have him through 2025-26. So he's got this year and two after that. Then he's a UFA after that deal. So he's got three full seasons before he's even a UFA. Um, Ghost was on a one-year deal. He's a UFA at the end of the season. Justin Hall is a, on the same contract as Sherratt. So is Jake Wallman. They are both UFAs after the 2025-26 season. Mata is a UFA after next season. Jeff Petrie is a UFA after next season. And Moritz Sider is an RFA at the end of this season. Okay. So, where I'm going with this, everybody is freaking out about the defense because of how many goals we give up per game. And some of it's goaltending and some of it's defense is what the perception is out there. Okay. And maybe I'm hallucinating this. This is, this is, so I looked this up because me and a coworker had this huge discussion today. Our goals against for five on five for the regular season, Detroit ranks 12th, 12th lowest goals against at five on five. Goals for, they're like second. Yeah, second to Vancouver. So our defense is really not that bad. We are right there with the we're in the t- the top third of the league. So our defense is really not that bad. So I don't know why everybody's like calling to get Simon up there because he's gonna give you the same results as these older veterans are. Now, my guess with this, all right, is Steve's gonna have to bundle some of these guys to get them out. Because Simon is knocking on that door. He's got to be able to trade some of these guys. Either Ben Sherratt, he's got to trade. I mean, I would love to see Ghost and Simon on the same line. But that's, uh, or Mo and Simon on the same. That would be, that would be nice. So I'm thinking today on the way to work, I'm driving and I'm like, okay, so we have all these young, we're, we're scoring like crazy, right? Second highest scoring team in the league. Our forwards are hitting. We've got Patrick Gade, who's a little bit older. <laughs> we have Larkin, who's hitting his prime. You've got Raymond, who's still pretty young. Uh, and then we've got some plug-and-play guys of, like, Comper, Cop. You've got Valletta, who's coming in. You've got Rasmussen, who's starting to progress. You've got, um, who's the other forward that's, of, like, uh, I'm trying to think, Sprague? Who knows if he's going to be here next season? I wish that, I hope they do. But I feel like this Iser plan is all these defensive prospects moving into Detroit. It, it's it's a weird timeline, I feel. Like it doesn't match. We've all the scoring now. So we have to just let these goals. This defense is not up to what people want. We just have to let this ride out. And then in three years, it's going to flip. This team is going to be so good defensively. We're going to have a goalie, Kosa, Trey Augustine, somebody in there. <laughs> That's too early for Trey, but we're going to, like, he's got to figure out a goalie situation too. We thought Huso was the guy. He's not the guy. We have uh, Reimer, who's not even, shouldn't even be part of the organization at this point. Uh, <laughs> we have Lyon, who's doing a very good job backing up. He should really be the first guy, and 
Huso should be the second guy, but we roll it how we have it. But I, it's interesting to see like how this is going to be moving forward with the Isaac player. Like those guys just aren't there yet. The defense is not there yet. We still need forwards. I still think we need forwards for later. What do you, what are your thoughts, Brandon? How, how off am I? How crazy am I now? Like, does any so of that one, you're, you're, So one, I'm going to backtrack to, you said plug and play guys and you dropped Confer's name in there just so you're aware. Confer's contract expires the year before Larkins does. Yeah, I know. So he's not a plug and play guy. He is a piece that is slated to be here for a long time and has silently been one of the better players on this team this season. So he is not a plug and play guy. JT Confer is a player that is going to be a key piece when he is surrounded by these young guys like a Marco Casper, a Carter Mazer, because he can play center and he can play right wing. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not our future. Comfort's not gonna play center for long. No, uh, he'll be a winger, which is perfectly yeah. fine. Right. But that's why I say plug and play. Defense... I mean, plug and play. That's. That, I guess that's what I mean. Plug and play. Oh, you move. made it sound like he was just guy. Like if you put him on the roster, he's just guy. No, Comfort's not we're... guy. We're past that point in the Iser plan. Like we had like John Merrill. <laughs> like plug and play. There's a right. body out there in defense. We had uh <laughs> I was gonna say Jacob Prada, but that's <laughs> that's a touchy subject these yeah, days. Yeah, that one out. <laughs> nah. But, um, but you're not far off with your thing. I see what you're thinking. Besides the Huso slander, I'll have nothing of it. Um, I don't made, think Huso is not that guy. I think Huso is just going through one of those stretches that a goalie at his age goes through. We saw Jimmy Howard do it. We saw stints of Chris Osgood having issues like that. You know, we've also had great goalies that have never had those issues. You know, you think of Hashik, you know, he didn't do stuff like that. I, I think Huso will figure it out. I think it's just amplified with the amount of stuff that is posted on the internet about it. Because when he makes one bad move, you don't just see it. Once you see it again, again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Because if I've learned anything in the last two weeks, as much as I love Red Wings Twitter, it'll make you think that you are supporting the... San Jose Sharks? They're on a heater. They are on a freaking heater. So everyone that's mad that they came back and beat us, calm down. They've won like six of their last ten. That was such a trap game. I knew we were going to lose that game. But... Yeah, defensively, I, I think you're you're correct where the timeline of the prospects is weird, but I think at the same time, I think of two prospects that are NHL ready at this point, where I say yeah, oh, Johansson by the end of the season will be NHL ready, and obviously Simon Edmondson. And then I sit here and I look at everything, and if we package up an Olimata at the deadline, um, or even uh, Justin Holt. Yeah, Amada, and we I, I do not think Ghost resigns in Detroit. I'm going to tell you that right. I know he's he's a UFA at the end of the season. He's probably a deadline piece that gets moved as well. Yeah, because Simon's going to step in and take that spot. I think that's why Simon's down here is too refined to be more like Ghost. Exactly. And I mean, you can also, you know, you can say that, yes, Petrie's got that year left. <laughs> after after that happens, Verona's contract is off and they could buy it out. Because don't forget, we're still carrying the dead cap space of Verana, and we still have the buyouts. We have Justin Advocator's buyout still for this season and two more. And we also have Kaylor Yamamoto's buyout for this season and next season. 
Remember that trade? So yeah, that, that worked out well. He's still- something I want to point out, though, as you talk about you know contracts and everything like that. And th- we said defense. And there's a couple of guys that have been signed for a length of time, right? You know, Sherratt's got a lengthy contract. Justin Hall does. Jake Wallman does. Bird Sider's going to have a long contract, hopefully. If I not, he'll so. have a bridge deal. I hope but so. you go just go to Cat Friendly and look at our forwards. There is three players on roster right now, not on IR, because two of those guys, two of the guys are on IR right now. Larkin. Larkin in, in conference. If Fabry. Fabs isn't on IR. Not this week. IR right now is Larkin, Comfort, Costin, and Luff. Because <laughs> Luffer is still just chilling there. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I should say Costin too, because he has a deal for next year with us, which is fine. So out of the three players on roster currently, and then those three, so six, everyone else is an RFA or unrestricted free agent on the forward side of things next season. Everybody. The ones that are currently signed are Alex DeBrinkett, Andrew Kopp, and Robbie Fabry, who's only signed through next season. Everybody else is either a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent. Your restricted free agents as follows is Michael Rasmussen, Jonathan Berggren, Joe Valeno, and Lucas Raymond. Everyone else is an unrestricted free agent, including Captain Reese and Austin Zarnick. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Zarnick because he's been like an in-between player. I feel like if I'm Steve Eiserman and I'm looking at these numbers and I've seen what I've built so far, this season for the Detroit Red Wings is a whatever happens, happens season. The playoffs, he even said, we're not the goal this season. The goal was growth. The goal was improvement. Have they improved? They are one of the highest scoring teams in the National Hockey League this season after the past two seasons where they could not find the back of the net to save their life. Defensively, right. Defensively, they're one of the better teams in the National Hockey League with a Jeff Petrie on defense. Yeah. Everything that's happened this season has sped the rebuild up in the Red Wings fans' mind. But you got to remember that we're fans, we're not management. There's a plan there. If they make the playoffs, it's a blessing that we even got that far but they are not making deals and moves to make that happen this year. That is not a do it this year move. It might seem like it when you bring in guys like Patrick Kane, but also at the same time, if you sign guys like Gossa Spears, Sprong and Kane, and they do what they're capable of doing with you, you might have first dibs to a contract. If you see those being as your bottom pairing guys going into the playoff runs in the future, if you're running with a Daniel Sprong on the third and fourth line in the playoffs for depth in the future, that's not a bad problem to have. Same with Agostasphere. Same with a Patrick Kane. Even at the price tag that Patrick Kane might come with. But, yeah, I, mean, I I love everything they're doing so far. I the, they have so much depth. Yeah, and what you do. get people go with like Rasmussen or Valeno, like like it's weird. Like we'll be like, man, this guy's been quiet, and then all of a sudden, they, like string together three games in a row that he's he's scoring, and it's like, okay, he's here. And then, like, other three nights, he goes quiet. And somebody else picks up. So it's always, like, and I, and there's no Daniel Sprague uh, Slater for me. I love the guy. I'm so happy he's here. His shot is incredible. But it's just, like, it, it's so weird to watch this Wings team. And it's, like, literally, guys go quiet for three games. And then they explode. And then they, they come back. 
Yeah. And I mean, what you got to realize too, you know, you talk about, you talk about an Edmonton and a Johansson. Let's say, let, let's, let's just big picture this here. Cause Mo is going to have a long-term deal, but you bring those two guys in and they starts their entry level contract, which is a three-year contract. You've got guys around them that are signed for the next two seasons that can be the bottom pairing, be the veteran support in the NHL that they're going to need. Not Jeff Petrie. We know he's not that guy, but everyone else is going to be there for that. They're, but they're not going to have these guys locked down, holding anybody else behind them back. That's the thing. And then by the time we're ready to bring up well, the next guys, well, by the time we're ready to bring up the next guys behind, you know, the Simon Edmondsons, the we'll say Sandy Pelica because we know he'll probably make that that skip. You know, yeah. the next guys behind that though, even the guys that they're going to be learning from are going to be these guys that we're giving time to develop. You don't want your AHL players going and getting development in the NHL. You that's not that's not what this yeah. team is for this year. We're not that team anymore. We're not the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. We're not. We're way past that. These guys need to be in Grand Rapids going through the adversities that the Grand Rapids Griffins are going through, learning the ins and outs of the professional game at this level so they can come into Detroit and know how to handle when your team falls down by three goals, how to handle when your team goes on a six-game losing streak on the road. They need to know how to handle that stuff and be those leaders in the locker room. Because at the end of the day, these are guys you want at some point to see an A on their jersey. Like, you, you, that's what we should be talking about in the future is, you know, a Simon Edvinson being a leader on this team, not a guy that's just guy on defense. He should be out there being a leader, leading the younger generation that's going to come behind him through the playoffs. That's what these guys are there for. I don't care about A's or C's on the on the jerseys. I just want to see a cup. <laughs> yeah, like I'm here for a cup. I want, I want I, another 25 year run that matters. Like that's 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 what yeah. I want. I mean, think about it. When when they brought in like Brett Hall, Luke Robitaille, they brought I don't know who was who was in the wings like waiting to come on, but like they brought in these veterans to to get to a cup and that's what they did that second year. I don't think they I don't think they got it the first year, did they? Where they signed all those Hall of Famers. I can't remember. I can't remember if they did it or not. But uh poor me, I know it's eleven forty seven. I'm almost brain dead now at this point. So um yeah these guys need to develop their the organization is now at the point where they've got people in Toledo who is who are winning culture, developing players that are moving up to Grand Rapids. Like you see Alexander Doucette, who made a huge jump playing well. Will he, he'll probably be an in-betweener and jump between the two teams this year. That's okay. He doesn't need to be rushed up in here. I remember the year that they rushed people where they had uh, Gustav Nyquist. They brought in um, Nyquist, Tatar. Yeah, they look good for a little bit, but then the wheels fell off that wings team so bad and it was not fun the next few years. Like we were constantly trying to find people to play behind uh, and bring up. So th- I think this year, like I, I do think the wings are going to make the playoffs. I'm saving money. Um, they're in a playoff spot as of today. And I think they're the first wild card. Yeah. Uh, Washington's right behind us. And this Griffins team needs to figure it out. I think they could make the playoffs based off tonight's game. If we go, if you know January first hits and we start going on streak, yeah, I, I think we're there. But it's develop winning culture. 
the Wings are already... Here's the other thing. The Wings are winning. We're in a playoff position. We're in a playoff spot. We're okay. We're not... Like, the boat's not sinking where we got to bring people up that's going to elevate them. It's... It's not? Man, if you've been on Twitter the past two weeks, you'd think the whole team was on fire. Yeah, you would think it was back from, like, four years ago. Like, we're not... (laughs) It's so crazy to see. Is like, people need to chill. They're in a playoff position. Let them go do their thing. Let Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider be those two guys to get that playoff experience and continue. Like, Mo, technically, the defenseman side, they take five years to develop. And Rasmus Dalian is finally hitting his stride on year five. He is an elite player. Mo Sider is an elite player. His floor was just higher than what Rasmus Dalian's was. He's still going to go through growing pains. Like, there's no reason to bring Simon up and have him go through these up there. You know, when we have two veteran guys, three veteran guys up there that can hold down the fort and get us to the playoffs. Like, it's it's really not as bad as what everybody thinks. And so, and maybe I'm hallucinating because it's so late, but I don't know. That's just how I feel. And I'm just like, this is crazy. We're okay. Like, get the Griffins to the playoffs. Get Toledo a cup. Like. Detroit keep getting yeah. the playoffs. I think that goal really is Detroit to make the playoffs this year. If the Griffins could get to the playoffs, that's fantastic. Toledo, you need to win a cup. <laughs> like, well, right. And I think like you you hit the nail on the head too, talking about just development with Toledo. Like uh hockey fans in general need to accept the fact that the ECHL is no longer just a league. It is a de- it's turning into a development league. I literally read an article about it this morning. You know, more and more oh. teams are sending players to develop there. You know, more, you we're getting that? more teams. There's a brand new team joining next year, and it's going to continue to grow. I mean, Indy's getting a brand new arena for an ECHL team. Like things, things are happening fast in that league, and we're seeing the Red Wings be one of the first teams to really take advantage of that and use their ECHL team to start building depth. Is it building depth for the NHL? Who knows? But at the same time. When you have depth in your your minor league teams that aren't going to fault when you have to make those call-ups, you're in a good spot. So we need to think big picture, not just we need to win games now in Detroit. We need to call up Simon Edvinson. Stop. I'm sure he wants to be there just as much. The only player who needed to be called up right now was Bergen because his attitude was garbage here because he wasn't there. It's true. It is true. And you know what? I understand why, because look at the kid. He freaking belongs there. Yeah, he's in. I want to touch on this, too. Is like last week, the Griffins had a, a rough schedule, right? They yeah. played all over the place. They were back-to-back games, little time off, and then they scratched Bergie Sunday. And then Bergie yep. goes off at, in Detroit. In uh, back-to-back with, games. In back-to-back. I'm like, man, I don't know how this kid is still playing. Like, Bergie has, played... Bergen played in Grand Rap- or four Grand Rapids, Sunday in Milwaukee, Tuesday in Toronto, Friday in Belleville, Saturday in Belleville, got the night off set- Sunday in Toronto, was playing in Dallas on Monday with the NHL team, and then playing in St. Louis Tuesday, and obviously has tonight off. Yeah, The like kid's that- been through hell, and he's six- producing. Six games in a week. I don't know. I can't remember what he did for Grand Rapids in that span. That span, but like Detroit, one goal was the talk of every episode the, we had because he played so damn well. He did play well. I just don't remember his stats. So I don't um, either. But he he deserves to. Be, I'm fully on the don't send him back. Like wave somebody. I don't care. Bergen belongs in Detroit. 
plain and simple. Put somebody on waivers, lose some lose lose guy, whoever. I don't care. Put Christian Fisher on waivers. I love Christian Fisher as a player for the fourth line. If he's what's holding Barrett back from being in Detroit, bye. See ya. Or come to Grand Rapids. We'll enjoy you here. If he's like a Zach Aston Reese. Is that, I know. Is that Christian Fisher? Yeah. I mean, it's late. I don't want to go off on a complete tangent here. You're but good. if I'm Steve Eiserman, am I seeing what Bergen's doing and how not great Michael Rasmussen's been this year and going, hmm, one guy belongs here and one doesn't? I'm not trading Bergen. I'm trading Michael Rasmussen if I'm trading somebody. Yeah, because they can't send Rasmussen down. No, no, they can't send anybody down besides the guys who are on that were called up. Nobody else is. Everyone else has to go on waivers. If you want to talk trades, we're talking about the wrong guy. I'm sorry, Michael Rasmussen was great last year until he got hurt, and he has not been able to rebound this year since. He's had a couple good games recently, but everything else before that has been absolutely horrendous. I like the moves, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm I mean, gonna I like them as a player too, but at the same time, if we're talking production, Bergeron has come in and blown the doors off already. Yeah. Surrounded, I mean, you got to think he's producing offense on a team that's missing a Dylan Larkin and JT Comper right now. Do you think? Do you think they're just showcasing him? No, I don't. I honestly, like I said at the beginning of the episode, and I'll say every day <laughs> until I'm proven wrong, I see nothing that nothing in the cards that tells me Bergen is getting traded. I just don't see it. I'm not an insider. I don't have those connections, but if I'm looking at every little thing and the only thing that's broken trade news so far is one dingus on Twitter that's never broken a darn story in his life so far, just hopes he's the right one for once. Sure, someone said he's linked to Montreal. The Wings aren't trading Bergen to a divisional opponent. Sorry, it's no, not happening. Not, unless we're getting Nick Suzuki back. <laughs> exactly. It's not happening. Steve Eisenman's not a moron. And also, look, at the same time, if anybody believes any news story they hear about someone being traded from the Detroit Red Wings, it's probably started from an agent or team that wants that player to be traded to them, and they want news to cycle about it. Steve Eisenman's not leaking jack about a trade. He wants to show zero cards. Steve Eisenman is the one that's going to call you as a GM at two in the morning and say, I'm going to take your best player. And guess what you're getting? You're getting Christian Fisher. <laughs> Deal hey, with it. He is a good fisherman from what I hear. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Again, we're not a Red Wings podcast, but you and I both are just beyond exhausted with reading Twitter lately. Because you're wearing your Red Wings hat. <laughs> I know, right? And the bus up the reverse retro hat tonight. I was wearing the reverse retro Griffin's jersey, you know? That's all right. Yeah, we're but, not a Red Wings podcast, but like the stuff that we see, and I'm just like, I can tell people are not following like Marco Casper. He's nowhere close to being called up. Nobody should be recommending him to be up because he looks, he's still trying to find his game here. If anybody's going to get called up that's not already up there, it's Amadeus. Like that, that's, that's where it is. He's not ready I, either. And he's not ready either. Like that would be throwing somebody in the in the water to seek or swim, and he's gonna sink. Uh, not as fast as like a Marco Casper, but or Simon. Simon could go up and he could hold his own. We already saw that. Oh yeah, we know that. But, Him and Elder could be called up and nothing would change. But yeah, 
Albert too. Yeah, Albert as well. So Albert as well. Yeah, I just the the whole talk of Casper. I was like, you guys. I can tell you guys don't follow Grand Rapids. You guys are not watching Grand Rapids because Casper hasn't done anything here yet. Like he hasn't earned it. Don't put him up there. It's like saying, "Hey, we need to call up Nate Danielson up to the uh, to the uh, Griffins." Like it, it's not going to happen. Can we? Please. We can't. We can't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, but like, you hit the nail on the head there. Like, if you are calling for these names as followed, Marco Casper and Carter Mazer to be called up to the Detroit Red Wings right this second. You have not watched or followed a single Grand Rapids Griffins hockey game this season. And if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We'll tell you all about them. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what we're here for. Give us a like. Share us. That's why Thank we you. created this. Bye. To talk about these people. <laughs> to share this information with you guys. And we could have told you in any episode before. They ain't ready. They're not ready. They're not close right now. But you know what? Things move fast in the, in, in the game of hockey. And they'll probably be ready sooner than most players at their age would be. But let's be freaking patient. The Red Wings, the sky is not falling on the team. The, the arena's not burning down. Goaltending will solve itself. Huso is not a bad goaltender. He is having a bad stretch, just like Michael Hutchinson's having a bad stretch in Grand Rapids, just like Sebastian Costa's having a rough stretch in Grand Rapids, just like James Reimer's having a rough stretch in Detroit. Goalies have rough stretches. And you know what's ironic? Because most of them happen to happen around this time of the season, and then they usually come back and go on a freaking tear. Stop coming after Huso. Reimer, you can come after. I don't care. It's it's Lion Huso. We know it is. Yeah. Don't go after the guy. Give him time. Goalies are voodoo. It'll be figured out. My God. Do you, so you said that they're, they're going through some rough stretches. Do you think they need like a new yoga instructor? Like just try some different stretches? That might... Which one's your go-to? downward dog always <laughs> I knew you were going to say that I set you um, right up for it the what was I going to say oh yeah I saw a stat the, I saw the uh, I can't remember who posted it but they said like 13 games Huso uh, gave up 5 goals in 12 games he gave up 4 goals and uh, like 11 games he gave up like 3 goals or something like that I'm like maybe well, we hey. should try a Maybe we should try for like 10 games, see what he does. Well, hey, good news. Like, if your goalie's giving up a bunch of goals, good thing you're like the highest scoring team in the league. Yeah, I think the plan this year for the Wings is literally just try to outscore your opponent. Like, I mean, that's, that's, if you break down hockey, that's the goal of the game is to outscore your opponent. That's how you win. So, our defense is really not as bad as everybody thinks. Just to wrap this up, that our defense is not as bad as everybody thinks. No. Our, our forwards are on fire. Uh, our scoring is on fire. Uh, I think we just need we need to enjoy this playoff push, this ride, this excitement. I'm excited about it. Like I said, I'm saving t- I'm saving money for tickets, and let's just let our prospects cook a little bit. Like they're not overcooked. Let them cook. They're not overcooked. If two no. years in the AHL is not long, like I don't know what people. I'm hoping next year Simon makes the team. He's gonna make the team. And he just freaking blows down the doors and we have another yeah, other winner. But the moment he does that, as soon as he does that, everyone's gonna be like, see you kept him in Grand Rapids for too long. Because yeah. that's, that's where everyone got spoiled when Mo Sider came and played one year in the AHL and then went one rookie of the year. We got spoiled. Mo Siders don't grow on trees. He is a tree. 
He is. Like, we don't have a plethora of them. You got to understand the Wings drafted, what, 10 or 11 players the past few years in each draft. Not all 11 are going to pan out. Hell, we'll be lucky if two of them do. That's how sports work. There's a chance that Marco Casper is not on the team when the team wins a championship. There's a chance that Simon Edmondson's not on the team when the team wins a championship. Everything is up in the air. I know you're giving me a weird look when I said that. Yes, I mean Simon. I think it will. I think Simon. But will at the same team. time, nobody knows what's going to happen next. Let the managers be managers and handle it, and let the prospects cook and get better and better and better. Especially the younger ones like Casper and Mazer. Let them go through what Grand Rapids is going through. It'll be fine. Yeah, like I could, I could definitely, like you said, Casper might not be on the team with him. I could, I could totally see that. Yeah. Like you see Red Wings fans specifically freaking out about this. Imagine being Griffins fans right now. <laughs> you take our best defenseman now. What are we going to do? We got to next guy up, but we don't have anybody. That's the, that's the other problem. We, we Things are bad to... enough. I mean, who, who are we going to put in there? Jared McKay's. Maybe he'll get packaged in a deal with Rasmussen. Yeah, uh, that'd be a steal. But yeah, until Axel, I mean, Axel, I think will skip. I think Axel would probably skip. Yeah. Like, Again, I, the timeline's going to be weird for everyone, but here's the thing. We can sit here and say, I think Axel's going to skip, and if he doesn't, people are going to think the sky's falling, and they're holding him back, and they're going to overcook him. Calm down. Yeah. I, I mean, by that time, we should be making the playoffs. My God. Either this year, like this year, we should make it. Next year, we should make it. Um, but I mean, now, now I'm concerned about how many forwards we have to sign this season. <laughs> I'm not. Let's let them cook, man. Let them cook. There's a plan. It'll be fine. Hey, Stevie's got a plan. If We've anyone got... has the right to be concerned in this organization, it is the fans of the Grand Rapids Griffins right now. It is not the fans of the Red Wings, and it sure as hell ain't the fans of the Walleye because the Walleye are killing it. Yeah. Fans of the Griffins who have to kind of watch this whatever is happening build up. But at the same time, we spent the first half of the episode talking about how things are coming together and they're slowly going to build and build and hopefully everything works out in the end. Yeah, Detroit loses three games in a row and they're still in a playoff spot and people think the end, the world's coming to an end. It's, it's going to be fine, folks. Relax. We'll make don't, it. Don't take that Jenga piece out from us. That's a big Jenga piece. Yeah, we're building. All right. That rant went on longer than I wanted to. We didn't even get to talk about the Toledo Walleye. We're already an hour in, and it's a midnight, and I still have to edit this. So we're going to wrap it up. We will do, I promise, Walleye fans, we will talk Toledo Walleye next week's Monday episode because we only have one Griffins game to cover. We'll have plenty of Toledo to talk about, see how they're doing without their three pieces that we took from them. Sorry. Their Jenga board should still be looking pretty good. It should be. I said but board. With, I meant Jenga Tower. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but with that, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Thursday episode. Appreciate everyone for following along. If you're new here and gotten to listen to that rant, welcome. <laughs> welcome. We should just post this one rant as a video online. Boop. Yeah. There you go. Maybe that's what we do. Oh, my God. But anyways, thank you all. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Go Griffins. Go Red Wings. Go Walleye. Thank you. To the Hockey Podcast Network for being fantastic hosts. Thank you to DraftKings for being awesome sponsors and appreciate Randy and Michael as our Patreon subscribers. If you want to join them, head over to Patreon and give the show a follow. We appreciate the support. With that, I'm going to go edit so I can go to bed before 4 in the morning. Send them home, Nick. Love you. Bye.
Thank you for tuning in to the Hockeytown West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.